Hey, Chelsea, do you remember that dinosaur ghost we know as Nessie? Yes, I know him. Well, okay. You know him well. No, I lied. Okay. I was just trying to pretend like I didn't know him. I understand. Sometimes we want to be cooler than we are. We all all are definitely guilty of that. I was got caught in that. Okay. Well, I, I think at least a story came out that lends credence to him not being a dinosaur ghost, unfortunately. Oh, no. Yeah, this is as of April 8th of 2022, and the title is The Loch Ness Monster Has Been Captured by Sonar Again. It is on Animalium, and I think this is a, 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 it's a website, animalian.com. It is, I I think, an amalgamation of anonymous and alien, animalian. Okay. So take it for what it's worth. I haven't found it anywhere else. Let's read this story. 36-year-old Briton Tom Ingram from Portsmouth recently visited Loch Ness in Scotland as a tourist and went on a boat cruise around the lake to see the picturesque surroundings of the lake. Suddenly, he saw something large on the sonar screen. According to the sonar data, this something was at a depth of 121 meters, and it was so big, it was too big for the largest local fish or seal. Which, I didn't know there were seals in the lake. I don't think there are. Are seals the lake thing? They can be. I don't think they are, though. I just don't know why they said that here. The length of the object was over nine meters, and it moved in the water. The most surprising thing is that two years ago, a similar large object was recorded on sonar screens in the same area of the lake. The sonar was installed on Ronald McKenzie's boat. It showed something large hanging low over the bottom of the lake. The shape of the creature was the same smoothly curved as in the fresh photo from the sonar. According to Tom Ingram, he decided to take a regular tourist lake cruise from Fort Augustus for the beautiful views of the shores of the lake. We were about halfway through the route when we were told that a strange shape appeared on the sonar screen. At first, we thought it was a setup, just a part of a cruise, something created specifically for tourists, but it quickly became apparent that this was something moving in real time and was very large. I would classify... Yes, go ahead. What was the shape that was strange? Was it like a triangle? It's really hard to say. I would say... Octagon? Somewhat diving dolphin shaped. Now, I may be biased in seeing that... Okay, that would be strange too. In seeing that shape in too many things now. In in that I see Australia is that shape and also the Loch Ness Monster. It could have been been a small version of Australia (laughs) that was just going down. But we don't know for sure. Okay. There could be a variety of shapes that would be strange. To to describe it to you fully, or at least to the best of my ability, I would describe it as a a strange shape as well. So I think he did a good job here. Okay. But in in my bias sense, also a diving of strangely shaped dolphin. Okay. Now that that's cleared up, you can continue. Anyhow, this is this is Tom saying this. I would classify myself as someone who believes in the existence of Nessie. I mean, of course, we all know that such myth exists. But when you see it with your own eyes on sonar, it took us by surprise. At first, we were preoccupied, and then we were very puzzled by what we saw. A sonar image showing the alleged monster, Nessie, taken in 2020, caused a lot of noise in the press and... There is much talk that this is one of the most convincing evidence that something huge and strange really lives in Loch Ness. The new picture showed that if the first photo could still be called a technical failure with a stretch, then the second similar phenomenon is the same area can hardly be called the same mistake. 
Leading sonar expert Craig Wallace described this image as very curious, as both show large, clear, and distinct objects floating strangely close to the bottom of the lake. End of article. Which okay. what isn't shown so and just just I want to say what is not shown in the yeah. sonar of a clearly shaped semi-deformed diving dolphin is a clearly exposed neck of a Nessie-like ghost monster. Yeah. Like there's a little bit of a nub at the front, which is why I say it kind of has a, a nose like a, or a snout like a dolphin. But that's about it that we I would classify it that way. I, I wouldn't say it's clearly the shape of a Loch Ness monster, though. <coughs> Thank you. Thanks for that response, Chelsea. <laughs> I don't know how to respond, but um, that's why you always have the best questions. Okay, so we're not thinking dinosaur ghost. We're thinking, like, Nessie's real. Well, I, if it was a dinosaur ghost, I don't see it showing up on radar, because, like, literally radar would be riddled with dinosaur ghosts. But maybe it's like, uh, you know how ghosts only show up on, like, EMFs and stuff like that? Maybe Nessie just, like, sonar. Maybe. And sorry, we should have mentioned this earlier. If you're wondering why we're talking about Nessie as a dinosaur ghost or just dinosaur ghosts in general, please go check out our episode on dinosaur ghosts. It was posted about a month and a half ago. Great episode, underappreciated. And this is the second week in a row we're plugging this episode. <laughs> it's a good episode. And none of you have listened to it, damn it. I put my soul into it. <laughs> I know a kid that loves it favorite episode also ever. terrified of it <laughs> it's a love-hate relationship also keep them up at night <laughs> yep anyhow keep your eyes out for that crazy nessie creature that we are talking about uh chelsea anything to add nope I've okay it. well in that case Here's let's get into what will be a long two-parter episode from the unexplained to the mundane come join us on a journey to the fringe Hello, and welcome to Journey to the Fringe, uh, coming to you live, at least at the time of broadcast. We are your live hosts, Taylor and Chelsea, here talking to you about live things that are happening as we are going along in a live fashion. Yes. Now, every now and then, we decide it is time to talk about a particular person in time, in place, in specific fashion, in their weirdness as they are. Chelsea has decided this is the time, this is the place, and this is the person. And that person will be a man by the name of Richard Doty. I believe it is impeccably pronounced. And that that is about all I know about this individual. I have heard his name many times, but I am coming into this. I'm going to say with like 2040 vision, because I know the name, I can see the name, but anything below that I can't see. I thought we watched Mirage Men together. Was that I've seen you? Mirage Men. I can't remember if it was with you. I think it was. I think we watched it together. If it wasn't you, I don't know who it was. But in any event, I'm going to go pick up a squirmy child. And Chelsea is going to start this episode off in what can only be described as a biopic on a strange individual. Yeah. I was calling it an expose on Richard Doty, but he's a little bit, I don't even know how to describe him. Like a squirmy man? No, you just said squirmy baby, so now I'm attracted. Would it be be fair to describe him as definitely human? No. Okay. Probably human. I wouldn't go so far. Probably human, I wouldn't go so far as definitely, though. Okay, so Richard Doty, or Richard 
Dote. Who is he? So Richard Doty, he had a 20-year career as a special agent of the Air Force Office of Special Investigations. From here on out, I will probably be referring to it as AFOSI, A-F-O-S-I, because that's what I put in my notes, not Air Force Office of Special Investigations. So I won't remember that, just so that we're aware. That's what I'm calling it from now on. The AFOSI. You want to pronounce it fancy like you, that. You got to have some fanciness to that stuff. Yeah, and, it and has I, been... I immediately now remember why we've talked about Richard Doty. And I'm in a better position to discuss this episode now. Okay, good. <laughs> Don't worry. You're going to be in a good position. Okay. And Richard Doty was stationed in the AFOC at Kirtland Air Force Base in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And he worked as a counterintelligence and disinformation agent to discredit UFO research which was a family business of his. He was essentially bred by his family to lie for the government. He was bred? Yeah. Not like, like delicious bread, like he was groomed. Oh, no, say groomed, because bread implies that they picked his mom based on this and his no, dad okay, based no. on this. He wasn't that. <laughs> he wasn't that. Um, oh, that, that woman. She looks like she could go yeah, give you some good disinformation good on UFOs. <laughs> yeah. So now that I got that, I'm going to give you a little bit information on him before I jump into any other stuff. There's a lot to unpack when it comes to this guy. Everything's really confusing. And basically, the whole entire career of Richard Doty is disinformation and lies. And in a nutshell, as I may have just precluded to. This guy was out in the world mingling with the UFO community and others as a government employee, as he was, to leak specifically disinformation regarding UFOs and aliens and just generally feeding them false information. And the Air Force does not address anything to do with Richard Doty actually like, it's proved through Freedom of Information Act that he worked with them, but they will not comment on what exactly he has done. So so just basically, they know he worked there, not what he did at all. There's documents linking to pretty much what we know that he's done, but they won't comment on it at all, what he's done. But well, through freedom of, yeah, through freedom of information, we know what he's done, but the Air Force doesn't comment on it. They won't say, okay. yes, he, I mean, you can pull it through freedom of information that he did actually work for them, but they don't comment on it. They're not like, yeah, he was, you know, feeding lies. And out of the mouths of babes, Doty asserts that for 80% of false information he gave, about 20% of it was actually factual. And that's what a good disinformationist does. And he said that 20% is like the craziest shit of the story, pretty much. That that's the stuff that you would never believe because it's too crazy, pretty much. Doty can be linked to some pretty well-known alien conspiracy theories, which, well, just keep listening and you're going to find out what they are. I'm going to go through some of them. A lot of what Richard Doty says is oftentimes very contradictory to other things that he says. So just to get that out there... This was very hard for me to piece together because there's so many, you're going to see, you're just going to know. So just know that going in, this was so hard for me to put together. 
just the intricate web of contacts and how everything works together the lies he told you don't really know what is what so yeah i think that's a good enough setup for you the basic background of richie richard doty richie i like that richie doty the basic background you need to know i, I am slightly yeah. partial to richie d mm -hmm. that actually makes him sound like cooler kind than of he a is, bro though. Okay. No, he doesn't. Just wait, and you're going to learn to hate him, as I do. So let's go on a journey to the fringe together. We're going to go through some things we can attribute to Dodie. And I'm going to start off by saying that Dodie and his life and lies are one confusing mess, but I've done my best to make sense of it. Asterix. So when I was doing my research and putting all this stuff together, after the fact, it came to my attention that the most logical place to start is going to be Bill Moore. Do you know who Bill Moore is? Yeah, he's the science guy. No, he's not science. Bill, Bill Moore, the science guy. Science rules. No, by Bill Nye. <laughs> I think they're the same guy. <laughs> you need to go back to elementary school. So you know who Bill Moore is. It's not Bill Nye. Bill Moore has come up in a few episodes without us ever really paying attention to him for some reason. <laughs> if you remember way back to our first episode discussing Roswell, you will remember Bill as the man who wrote the Roswell incident. If we even ever mentioned him, I'm pretty sure we didn't. That was our first episode. He wrote that. And if you're remembering from this episode, I may or may not go back and listen to that one if I were you. This is the book that was written almost 30 years after the crash at Roswell. And they went back, you know, that long amount of time after to interview people with new information to include in this book about the Roswell crash. And it includes the first mention of alien bodies being recovered from the wreck. Yes, you heard it here. It was in a book 30 years later and that was the first mention of alien bodies being recovered at Roswell. This book is what made Roswell into the myth that it is today, written by Bill Moore. Bill Moore then went on to write other books about the Philadelphia experiment and the Bermuda Triangle. And you'll remember that one from the Bermuda Triangle episode we did. That was Mysteries Come in All Shapes and Sizes. And his book... You got it wrong. You got it wrong. What? Mystery Come in Many Sizes, but One uh, Shape. One Shape, right. I do remember that. So this book that he wrote about the Bermuda Triangle, if you recall... As I did not specifically say Bill Moore, but it was him. This really made the Bermuda Triangle what it is today and why we think that it's so mysterious. And they just really, if you remember from that episode, blew it all out of proportion and based it on things that were basically not scientific at all. And yeah, but this is not about that. This is about Richard Doherty in brackets right now, Bill Moore. Stanton Friedman also contributed to the Roswell Incident book, thus establishing Moore as a prominent person in the UFO community. And he was running around, I don't know what he was doing, and I don't know how he like set these precedents for all these things. Anyhow, it's not about him. So let's get to the good stuff. During a tour for the Roswell incident, Moore receives a call from someone who claimed to be a government intelligence agent who had chosen Moore to receive classified UFO information and do his thing to get it out to the public in a documentary. 
this person came to Moore, only known as Falcon. And we're pretty sure that's Richard Doty. Richard, Richie D. So Falcon comes to Bill Moore and is like, yeah, we'll give you this and you just leak it to the public, please. And Moore was like, yep, I'm definitely going to do that. And so he gets a document detailing something called Project Silver Sky from Falcon, which mentions the recovery of a UFO. Further investigation revealed this document to be a forgery. So, cut to eventually, he's connected with Rick Doty, which is unclear to me through all of everything that I've had to go through. I couldn't find exactly how they're connected together, but that doesn't change that it happened. And at Moore's first meeting with Doty in Albuquerque, he confronts Doty about the fake document. Stupidly enough, Doty assured him that had only been a test and Moore got an A++. Bus. Further solidifying my theory that Falcon was Doty. Like, why would Doty say that was just a test and you passed if it wasn't him? So out of this, Moore strikes the real deal, the real bargain with Doty, agreeing to a form inform on and feed false information to his fellow UFologists. UFOologists? Is that how we like to say it? Ufologists. <laughs> Ufologists. In exchange for the real intel on UFOs via Doty. I have this quote from some guy, pardon me, some guy for not having your name. It was an important quote, I just didn't get your name. Doty has this wonderful way to sell it. I'm with the government. You cooperate with us and I'm going to tell you what the government really knows about UFOs deep down in those vaults. And surprisingly, a lot of UFO people will just fall for that. Can't say I wouldn't. Nah, I don't know. I don't know that I would do that. Well, if someone promised me. How often are you actually talking to the government, though? Like Almost never. How do you know how the government's going to, like, how you would respond to the government saying that to you? Yeah, I I can't tell you because I'm not in that. And by government, I mean some weird guy named Falcon. Mm -hmm. Can't say I'd do that. I probably wouldn't do that. But Bill Moore was into it. In order to get his glimpse into what the government knows about UFOs, Moore was asked to spy on the investigations of fellow ufologists and even to feed them false information. Again, this guy just keeps agreeing to it. He's he's always like, yep, definitely going to do that some more. And he collects supposedly genuine evidence of alien contact and government cover-up from Doty. <sighs> like... This guy, I don't even know. Throughout the 1980s, Doty would offer crazy shit, like shit as an information, not like actual shit, to Moore and his associates, including Earth. Here are some alien features. Yes. <laughs> Enjoy. And he was like, yep, I'll do that too. He was also fed earth shattering evidence in the form of top secret memos, which we will get into. Are you sure they weren't earth shittering? It could have been. Based on the alien feces? Really could have been at this point. I would not put Bad it past Bill Moore. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. This episode is not about Bill Moore. It's about Richie D. And <laughs> he had an in with him and he comes up more frequently than I actually thought he does during the story. So you need the background on Bill Moore. Well, that's not the background. That's just the information I'm giving you. 
I mean, that's all I cared to look into as well. So you're going to hear more about him and you need that for the setup. Let's move on to Paul Benowitz. Probably one of the things Richard Doty is known best for. Paul was a very successful businessman. He was an engineer actually working on his PhD in physics and his business, Thunder Scientific Corporation. Design instruments for places such as NASA and the Air Force, being Kirtland Air Force, which will come into play pretty quick where Doty is. He was muy inteligente. See my Spanish? Amazing like many of us and paul has had interest in ufos also like many of us and we have a lot in common with paul benowitz already i feel like a kindred spirit with him because we're both engineers just kidding i'm not an engineer paul lived across the street from kirtland air force base which also housed nuclear weapons one of the biggest in the united states actually the base not his house in albuquerque new mexico and in august 1979 paul saw some strange lights from his house so what he's can i just yeah. can i just add at this point yeah. it's really weird that one of the biggest nuclear arsenals in the u.s is in new mexico the middle of the freaking country should it be towards the outer parts well generally i would think if you want to be ready to strike someone with nuclear that weapons, would be the furthest away. you want them close although to be fair also that's what everybody else would think you would do, so they would attack those. Yeah, first. but it's common because I guess I guess that's fair. Who who would bomb New Mexico? There's nothing there. Okay, so yes to that. <laughs> so the weird things that Paul is intrigued by is that pretty much every night he would see two strange lights in particular that would lift off the ground quickly, go around the side of the mountains that were near to the base and drop behind them. And like most of us, this piques his interest. And he's like, what the fuck is going on? And to be honest, I'm surprised that no one else no didn't notice this or maybe they did and they're just like, that's weird. And then they went to bed. So he starts recording these things and listening in on radio signals and whatever else people blessed with electronical knowledge would know how to do. And from this, he believes he's in communication with these beings. Paul is convinced that whatever it is he was picking up on was coming from these lights and they were not ours. Essentially, also like AKA they're UFOs and I would have probably agreed with him. If we're being honest here, strange lights. I can like hook stuff up to hear what they're doing. Doesn't sound human. That would be my conclusion, but that's just me. But we're relating with Paul here. So. I forgot to mention that Benowitz was also a member of the Aerial Phenomena Research Organization, or APRO, and sometimes consulted with them as a scientific expert. And this is going to lead to another arm that is going to kind of run side by side with the story of what's happening with the UAPs Paul is seeing, and eventually they connect, and we'll get there eventually. So just like, stay with me. Let me know if you have questions. Around the same time that Paul was still collecting evidence on the aliens over Kirtland Air Force Base from his deck, one of his contacts in cattle mutilation through APRO referred him to a woman named Myrna Hansen who claimed to have had an abduction experience. 
Benowitz was quite taken with Myrna's story and they kind of formed a friendship. And Benowitz connected Hansen with a psychologist and alien contactee researcher named Leo Sprinkle. That's right. To perform hypnotic regression in Benowitz's home. Hansen recovered memory of being taken to an underground alien base where she saw human body parts in vats and where she was implanted with a device that would allow the aliens to monitor her thoughts. So the shit's getting dark at this point. A couple months later, we're in a Hansen aside now, we're jumping back. A couple months later, as a nice and decent human being that Paul is, I really like Paul. He gathered the info he's collected now in his sightings and reported that to a security officer at the Air Force base and was like, hey, in case you guys didn't notice these lights flying around your nukes, I've gathered this info for you so you don't have to. And that was very nice of Paul. And they eventually connect him with good old Richie D. Dick Doty. And that's, I'm pretty sure Dick is short for Richard. There's a lot of things that are short for Rich. Anyhow. They connect him with Dick to interview him on what Paul knows. They want him to find out everything Paul has. And from here on out, Dodie just kind of ruins Paul Benowitz's life. Trust me, I am not being light on that one. And being such a good government agent, finding out everything Paul Benowitz has, Dodie figures that the threat Benowitz was gathering information on wasn't like a real threat to the Air Force base, like, Russia, possibly, or something else. Benowitz was the threat to Richard Doty, and Benowitz was spying directly on them with his super sophisticated equipment that he had, and he was recording top secret projects thinking that they were UFOs, or so he says. So they end up inviting Benowitz in to give a presentation of all his information at the base. And this included a lot of officials, including a brigadier general. I have no idea what that is, but if someone's throwing out the term brigadier general, I'm assuming that means something fancy. Well, I always thought brigadier general or brigadiers were in charge of like bombings. Really? But I could definitely be that mistaken. Actually could be. I wrote it down. Because they said the word, and I was like, they just said that word. It must be something. You know, what? yeah. Look it up. Look it up. Let's see what we got. General. A rank for members who wear Army or Air Force uniform equal to a Commodore for those in Navy uniform. What does that even mean? Oh, it's a, it's a video game system. What? 64. It's what Pong was played on. Nintendo 64? No, oh, Commodore 64. I don't know that one. A Brigadier General ranks above a Colonel. I hate that word. I hate that word so much. Yeah, it's because we, we chose the French spelling we, with the Spanish pronunciation. You shouldn't Spanish be allowed to do that. Okay, yeah. below a yeah. Colonel Sanders and below a Major General. So there we have it for anyone who knows what that means. And that's probably why I didn't put it in because I still don't. I'm unclear. Okay, so we only kindly know what that is now. And they're like... What they say to Paul after he presents his information is, yeah, I we think you really have something here. As in like, yeah, you've probably been spying on us. And Paul's like, you think so? And he was so happy. He was like, oh yeah? And what does the government do with this? The Air Force? 
Does it come up with a secret chicken spice recipe? No, that was in response to something very different from this. Oh, sorry. Yes. The level of yeah. government wasn't there yet, or at was least the level of army not. general wasn't there yet. Yeah. Just, just yeah. below, unfortunately. So at this point, instead of making a delicious seasoning, they decide to tell him they are... I just don't even know what to do at this point. This is where it really turns and I'm just so disappointed. So they decide instead of telling him, don't fucking do that, Paul, or just even stop doing that. It's sensitive information, which I feel like would have been enough for him. He's already employed by the government and they could have said, listen, what you're doing is illegal. You can be arrested. Instead, they're like, yeah, it's for sure UFOs. So Benowitz was like, I knew it. I knew it. And he asked them for a grant to continue his investigation with the contact he has with these UFOs. And they're like, sure, whatever. You do you, Paul, and just like screw off and do that. But it's not screw off and do that. You'll never see from like the army side of the government. Ugh, money's tight. Yes. Nope. <laughs> no. Completely opposite of what you would think a rational person would do. Which they do say is probably because they wanted to see where they could go with this information is like hearsay. I just want to put it in here while I'm thinking of it. But I mean, you can say what you want about this. I think they went the wrong way with this, obviously. So then the NSA jumps in and starts surveilling benefits because they think, well, who know? Like, who knows what they think? But Benowitz has all this equipment picking up signals everywhere that you're apparently not allowed to pick up. And Benowitz's house is getting broken into. There's vans watching him. Shit is getting crazy. And this is all because the NSA gets involved because they want to know how he is picking up these signals. It's of NSA concern apparently at this point. So... Not that shit is not getting crazy enough. We have multiple storylines running here. So remember Bill Moore? Oh yeah, I'm connecting it back now. I'm gonna connect back a lot of things. And this is such a crazy story. Okay, he's called in to Kirtland Air Force Base for a meeting just seven days after Benowitz's big kahuna meeting. Why? I'll tell you, obviously. I'm not just gonna like move on. He was shown a document marked secret with a K. Just kidding, there is no K. <laughs> it was spelled the regular secret way. With analysis of Benowitz's footage and a mention of Project Aquarius. Essentially, Aquarius was thought to be the real UFO program covertly operating, unlike the sham public-facing program Blue Book, which was closed. I don't have time to explain to you Blue Book, sorry. Go back to episode one and good luck. Basically, these documents say UFO crashes at Roswell and Aztec were real. The government had recovered alien corpses, but also a living extraterrestrial biological entity or EBE with whom he had communicated and learned a great deal. There were three ET species visiting Earth, one benevolent, one bent on exploiting our resources and a third, the Greys, who were responsible for mutilating cattle and abducting people as part of a program for harvesting of genetic material. Mankind's presence on Earth was a result of such genetic manipulation 
and human history has been guided by one or more of these alien species through figures such as Christ, Muhammad, and even Hitler. Like, what? How did they even come up with this? Moore was told to befriend Benowitz, which with Bill Moore's reputation was easy. And soon after, Doty gave Moore a document similar to the one he had already seen and was instructed to show it to Benowitz. There were, however, new additions to the document. It now mentioned an organization or group called MJ-12 that received exclusive access to the results of Project Aquarius. Let me break it down for you right now as much as I can. I know this is hard to follow. What we're learning here is that Doty created hoax documents that were given to Benowitz and subsequently other UFO researchers because Benowitz thought that he had something. Making Benowitz further believe that this was ETs and so on. It's It gets to be a lot. Indicating that the Air Force, NASA, and even higher were secretive authorities being very interested in what was going on with UFOs and extraterrestrials in his findings and took them very seriously. What was disclosed to Benowitz just plays to everything he had already been thinking. The ETs are no bueno, and he already believes that they're behind the abductions of his friend Myrna Hansen. See, I told you it all comes together. It all comes together. And Paul goes public. Paul is on the verge of a mental break. Can you imagine taking all of this stuff in? This is everything Doty wants. So don't be like Paul or that fuckhead Richard Doty. So Doty and the FOC, as well as perhaps the NSA, which had apparently taken an interest in the program he had created to decipher the signals he was picking up, kicked their psyop in the high gear, sending him a new computer reportedly delivered from former Blue Book consulting scientist turned ufologist darling J. Allen Hynek, convincing him that the program in this new computer would aid in his decoding of alien signals. In fact, his torturers had torturers. I used a really good website for this. I would never use that word. These people setting him up had set up a vacant house across the street to beam signals right into where he's receiving this information. And suddenly the transmissions that he was getting from the ETs were crystal clear. He didn't have to decode them as well. They were saying things like our race is dying on the home planet, women of Earth are needed, and the military of the U.S. delivered embryos. Like, this is just messed up. So it was like really just an all-around gangbang, for lack of a better term, in Benowitz and Doty was breaking into his house. Bill Moore was against him with the Air Force. The NSA was there. There's just a lot going on. Hi. Hi. Basically what's happened is it's a free-for-all for Paul Benowitz. And the weirdest thing of all, Doty does come out and say when he was with Paul Benowitz and Doty famously will say that him and Paul Benowitz were friends. He would say he would spend time with Paul Benowitz and he legitimately saw things that he didn't know what they were. They weren't the Air Force. Something else that was happening to Paul Benowitz was he would say that people would come into his room at night and inject him with something and then he would feel the need to drive out to the desert and he would wake up back in his house after going who knows where. 
and he would literally actually have injection sites on his arm and nobody's taken responsibility for that, which is super strange. To be fair, he also hasn't taken responsibility Albinowitz? for that. So it could have could been. just be heroin. So Paul was focused on figuring out where these aliens base was. And based on UFO sightings and cattle mutilation activity, he came to the conclusion that the underground base Hansen described in her hypnotic regressions was beneath Archuleta Mesa, near Dulce, New Mexico. Oh, that's uh, that area comes up a lot in uh, it does kind yeah. of conspiracy circles. A few hours area. north of Albuquerque, and already had a reputation to the Native Americans in the area. While we're at it. He also figured that the signals he was interpreting, like the electromagnetic signals, or something, whatever, coming from whatever it was he was interpreting, I'm not, I don't know about these things, were controlling humans. So his friend Myrna Hansen had said that she had received implants, and so he thought that that's what would be controlling her as well. Since Paul had a plane and a pilot's license, he would fly around and he would take pictures looking for the area where he thought this base was. What he apparently was filming, again, raised red flags to the Air Force and Richard Doty because he was filming a secretive military installation training commandos. This itself shows a lot of contradictions because i've heard people talking that they couldn't go back and find any base that would be training commandos in that area that was active so mm, i don't know you're the government and he's like out there taking pictures of things he shouldn't and what do we do well we put him into a helicopter to fly above the area with rick doty after the air force had specifically staged old equipment for them to see structures standing vents connected to nothing that made it appear as if some complex had been built into the mountain it even had people standing around looking like they were guarding something they're just straight fucking with this guy. And I I can't come up with a, a reason, to be honest. They say it's because of things that he saw in there. Like, this just to me is over the top. Like Taylor said, this is exactly where all the alien-based conspiracy theories link to for Dulce, New Mexico. This is literally it. It's not even that. If you're going to look up underground bases in the U.S., there's going to be two places that come up. It's going to be Dulce, New Mexico, and it's going to be, oh, it's in New oh, Jersey. Yes, yes, yes. It's um, yeah. Mo- Montauk, yeah. Montauk. This is, those this are the is two. why Dulce. Like, those this are the is two. exactly why Dulce comes up. It's because of this whole thing right here. Well, I even feel like there was there not a chapter in like the Skinwalker, Skinwalker Ranch about dolce where it's like somebody saw a whale flying through the oh sky my God, what no i don't remember reading that i don't know that dolce i'm pretty sure one. that's what it was maybe there is i can't remember i'm pretty sure there's a small chapter that's in one the of book my favorite that, books but uh, neither here yeah. nor there so that's not that. to say like i said there was a lot of weird stuff happening around there it's renowned that weird stuff happens there even with the native americans specifically the underground alien base this is what it is this is what it's linked back to strange in the sky aside this is where the underground alien base conspiracy theory comes from 
right back to Paul Benowitz and then it just kind of stayed infamous because of this, I guess. So Benowitz obviously ends up thinking that there's an impending alien invasion and he writes a plan named Project Beta and that is a plan for how to bring the aliens down. At this point, he can't sleep. He's believing that aliens were creeping into his bedroom and drugging him. He described waking in his car in the middle of nowhere with no memory of how he had gotten there. Eventually, he began accusing his own wife of being under alien control, and after barricading himself into his house, his family finally had him committed. Both Moore and Doty had told interviewers that they considered Benowitz a friend and had tried to caution him against pursuing his obsessions any further, seeing how it was affecting his mental health. Benowitz was eventually checked into a mental health facility three separate times due to paranoia and passed away in 2003. This is literally the Cole's notes as we do on our episodes of Paul Benowitz. This episode is Richard Doty, so I have more stories about Richard Doty. I obviously didn't cover the full thing about Paul Benowitz. It's obviously a very complicated, invested, many different timelines happening and connections happening in this story. So this is just basic. I wanted to relay as much as I could about the story. Do you have any comments at this point? No, well, that's not fair to say. I it's so weird how they've treated Paul. Like, my god, this guy got such a bad shake out of everything. Mm-hmm. I, I I can't say like his obsession was his own fault. I can't write in my soul say that it was his fault at all. At all. Absolutely nothing was his fault. He was pushed into it more, I feel. Yeah. And it's actually very sad. I can't yeah, think- no, it's fully. The government's like, well, he's kind of on the right trail, but clearly he's going to go the wrong way if we say one or two more yeah. words and just give him a little bit and like people believe him. So let's just let's yeah. just do it. I can't say that given my belief in these things that I couldn't be led down the same trail, to be completely honest. No, with you. especially you get... Army people come to your house, say, come with us, and they tell you you're on the right track, Mm -hmm. and that's it? I know. Holy shit. I would be like, oh my god, I have to tell Journey to the Fringe. And and the Colonel Sanders, yeah, the Colonel Sanders is not there, so you believe it's the official army? Because they are not worried more so about their herbs and spices. Like, that's just how it's going to be, yeah. I I know, and I'm sorry to admit right here, you heard it on this podcast, I would be taking you guys with me if this ever happened to me. So just hope that it doesn't happen. So just keep it in mind. (laughs) (laughs) I will too, don't worry. But I just really feel bad for the guy. And so I did end off this episode with a few comments. Number one, how did one guy offhandedly take so many pictures of such a secret government program that were supposed to be so super secret and he kept finding super secret things? Like, what are the odds of that? Just a thought. Just a thought. Yeah. One guy that had so many, like, life problems, too. Like, that's just... Yeah, the odds are... Oh, I feel so bad I know, it's such a sad story. And then, what the fuck was Ricky D doing before of all of this? Like, before Bill Moore, before Paul Benowitz, like, as a secret agent... What is he? Secret something. What is he again? Special Investigations. What 
the hell was this guy up to in special investigations before he set his targets on UFO people? It's the question I had in mind. I'd be curious about the age. That That's one thing I don't think you have the answer for. But like, was that just, did that happen to be the start of his career? I don't think it was. No, he was okay. doing other things and he was a disinformation person. I'm sure he didn't just focus all his time on UFO people. Oh, okay. So this is kind of a John Keel type of guy. Maybe. Maybe we need to do an like expose on John Giel. That would be a good one. I feel like I don't need to know yeah. enough about him. And you've been telling me these things that I had no idea about. <laughs> I just say the same thing over and over again. You yeah. just forget. The UFO community is full of <laughs> really weird people. Yeah. So Jody does say that he has seen things that he could not explain when with Benowitz. Who the fuck knows what Richard Doty is saying at this point? Like, do you believe him? Do you not believe? I don't believe him. Anything he says. And at the same time, he's saying it to this guy that, oh, yeah, that's crazy. I can't believe what I'm seeing with my own eyes. Yeah. While he's with but then he tells people on the record, he's like, yeah, I, like we knew what that was, but I actually didn't I knew know. what I was seeing with yeah, my eyes. But I actually yeah. didn't know some things that I was seeing. And like, are you supposed to be like, oh, okay, <laughs> totally, yeah. totally. You did see a UFO, didn't you? I am prone to believe them because I want to believe in UFOs, which apparently UFO people are super gullible, like the most gullible of all people. <laughs> no. It, it's a community with a guy named David Wilcock, and I'm just going to leave that yeah. at that. So, it is what it okay, is. Okay, is he not... That came up... I'm not going to talk. Band, I'm not yeah. going to talk on it right now. We'll talk yeah. off the <laughs> record. <laughs> okay. The Air Force, they actually spend a lot of time and effort and money on this, apparently. This is one guy in my story, but like... If they're spending it on one guy, there's no way they're not doing it for someone else. But to pay some guards to stand in the middle of nowhere while Richard Doty flies them in a helicopter after they set up props to look like an alien base over the mountains? We're paying for this. Well, I'm not. I'm not a United States citizen. No, Americans, Americans are, paying are paying for, for that. that. Yeah. I would be outraged if that's where my money was going. No, go towards the real aliens. Exactly. Is this my final thought? Okay, final thought. If the FOC or the NSA or whoever it was, and I think I mentioned this a bit, but I just want to drive it home, you guys, had wanted to silence him, they could have warned him. They could have arrested him and seized everything he collected and all his equipment under the Espionage Act of 1917 and the Communications Act of 1934. It was illegal what he was doing. He also they could have done yeah. they could have done so many more yeah. things. They could have straight up murdered him. They've done it before. Yeah. They could have sent him to Guantanamo Bay without charging him with yeah. anything. They could have done so many yeah. things. Two at least. Yeah. As I have just described. Uh, and yet they did this fucking I know, weird thing. I know, it's so weird. Plus, he had a contract with the government. Like, if they told him to shut up, it would have shut up. He had some at least until he's 80 yeah, on his deathbed. he had ties with the government in which if they said, listen, this is classified information, what are you doing? He would have stopped. He was just trying to be a legitimate good citizen by being like, hey, you probably don't know there's UFOs around this like giant storage for nuclear weapons. We, I just want to make sure. And they're like, it's, it's UFOs. Like, we know you like them. Yes. 
But also keep in mind, everyone, just because I'm, I was slightly forgetting at this point, this is a Richard Doty episode. <laughs> yeah, not Paul Benowitz. Yes. Yeah, which is why I tried to keep it short, but it didn't get short. But this is what Richard Doty is known the most for. I'm going to keep reading this. Instead, the government, including Richard Doty, fed him a myth. And it seems clear they hoped he would spread that myth to the larger UF- ufological community. What is that word? Which- you, you, ufology. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, sorry. I don't even think it's a word. What? What, what word did U- you write down? Ufological. The ufology community? Just, just please say ufology community. Yeah, that one. That's so much easier. Which Please did. say it. So, yeah. No, no, Chelsea, you need to say Logical. it for your editing purposes. Ufological. <laughs> Ufological. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Which he eventually did. So, Richard Doty. At this point, not liking him that much. Spoiler alert, you're not going to like him that much more than you're liking him right now. Because I like Paul, and it didn't end up well for Paul. And that's the end of this episode. Well, Chelsea, thank you so much Mm -hmm. for making Richard Doty... (laughs) Seem like such a uh, quote unquote in French shitbag. Yeah, it's also pronounced Richie D. Richie D. Yeah. I can't wait to learn more about him in the second half of this episode. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Journey to the Fringe. If you have liked what you have listened to, please like, share, subscribe, or follow, depending on what venue you are listening to us through also please if possible leave a five-star review as that really helps us in the algorithms should you wish to interact with us please check us out on your social media of choice i bet you we are there and if you really want to communicate with us and give us ideas for new episodes or tell us that we're wrong and terrible either way please send us an email at journey to the fringe at gmail.com for now i'll see you in the next episode
哎。